of monday march 2nd 2009 and this is the relevant podcast the relevant podcast is your audio companion to relevant magazine and the all new relevant magazine.com hey i'm cameron strang and here with me in our orlando studios is maya strang hey on the interweb skype transmission from new zealand is adam smith hello everybody and wow that was that was joyful that was (laughs) life of the party right there folks (laughs) And uh, and on the domestic internet connection from Loversland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. See, <laughs> see, Adam, that's how it's done, man. <laughs> Just getting people excited. So, you still sounded very sedate, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> how many? Which of you are laying down right now? Because both of you sound like it. I, I am actually in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's March second, week of March second. You know what that means, don't you? We are in the final countdown, only 13 days away from my birthday. Ah, yes, yes. Oh. Yes. And Adam, you recently had a birthday, didn't you? I, I did. You actually. know how I know this? Not only because I know personal facts about you, <laughs> but we got a letter. We, we got did. a letter from some relevant uh, podcast listeners who threw you a birthday party for your 29th birthday and uh, set up a Facebook event and everything, and you didn't show up. Why did Adam get one? Here's the interesting thing. I wasn't invited via Facebook <laughs> to this party. No, you did. Um, no, no, you, you, they, they gave us screenshots and circled, like, for example, the not attending list. I'm in the not attending list. <laughs> they circled it and put traitor next to it. <laughs> and the awaiting reply list is none other than Adam Smith. <laughs> and, and they wrote, but apparently Adam never got the memo to his own party. No, I did not. And and Chad and Maya both accepted the invitation to your accept. virtual birthday party. Just so. just in case it was real, I was like, of course I'll go. <laughs> well, if it may, if it makes you guys feel any better, I didn't even get invited. So, oh, not, Adam, not that I would have gone anyway. So, <laughs> I'm not even bitter about it. Um, yeah, and the problem is that my my Facebook event invite thing is clogged with stuff where people will invite me to. Uh, like a, a chips and salsa party that they're having in Chicago. You're so I'm like, popular. <laughs> I'm like, do you do you really think I'm I'm gonna fly to Chicago just for a, a casual after work get together? Here's how Facebook works for me. We go uh, a friend invitation. Yes, 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 yes. Any group or event invite. No, ignore. No, ignore. No, 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 ignore, ignore. You know what I mean? I said, I have something like 300 invitations just sitting there awaiting reply. They're all for your party. Uh, yeah, one of them was for your own <laughs> They're birthday party. They're all parties party. for you. <laughs> so how was your 29th birthday? Well, Cameron, uh, <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Every birthday in my 20s, the day of my birthday, uh, has been awful. 
And so I, I like to, you know, looking forward to my 29th birthday, I thought, okay, one of two things is going to happen. This is my last year to redeem the day of my birthday in my 20s. And so either this is going to completely redeem everything, it's going to be fantastic, or it's going to be the worst one to date just to cap off my 20s. <laughs> I'm going to go with so the latter. So this give you a good idea of how it went. Here's the thing that, that baffles me is I, I have a lot of close friends here in Wellington, or at least I thought I did, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the, some of whom are hopefully listening and are adequately shamed by this story. So heaps of people were invited to my birthday party. It was just, you know, we're just going to go bowling or something. Uh, it was just, hey, meet at this house at such and such a time. We'll go get dinner. We'll go bowling. When people bowl there, do the balls spin counterclockwise when they go down the lane? <laughs> yes, they do. And the and the lanes are all on the opposite end. <laughs> so, yeah. but Adam, is bowling down there isn't essentially just throwing rocks at sticks? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where they do dwarf bowling and they throw little people down the, the lanes. Yeah, it's actually throwing rocks at, uh, at 10 people. Standing <laughs> at hobbits. <laughs> yes. oh. They throw rocks at 10 oh. hobbits at the end of yes. a, the end of an alley. Yes. It's even you more know, of a challenge. You know, Jesse, no one, no one before you has ever made the connection between New Zealand and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? Well done. Well done. <laughs> so anyway, the, the night of my birthday, two people show up. And are and, you one uh, of them? Yeah, say, that include yourself. <laughs> that does not include me. Um, say that's a date. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so two two of my friends show up and uh, for some reason I, I could have picked anywhere in the world to have my birthday dinner. literally and anywhere in the world you know <laughs> if i had wanted to go to to thailand and eat i well no i couldn't have but i could have <laughs> picked anywhere in wellington for my birthday dinner for some reason i decided on kfc and what? When, you, when you decide something like that, it sets a tone for the evening. Adam, Adam um, the KFC is the resting place of all sorrow. <laughs> like when you eat at KFC, it, it is not only like the last resort for like your meal options. It like shows like this is one of my last resorts in my life. You know, yeah, basically you've come to a very frightening place in your life when KFC is your is your mealtime choice for your birthday. For my birthday, for my birthday, as the uh, two guys who I uh, who showed up to the party, as they were both broke, I I went ahead and paid for my own birthday meal. So it was really just like you know, going out to dinner by myself. And so then we wanted to go bowling. We we ended Wait, up at the bowling. Can I interrupt alley. the story real quick, Adam? Of course. It, how much does KFC cost down there? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's com it's comparable, Jesse. <laughs> then they're really broke. Yes. Then they could go at two dollars a piece. Yeah, they have a they have a campaign right now. You can feed a family of six for like twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could. That, yeah, that breaks down to like fifty cents a piece. <laughs> yeah, they they both work at my church, so uh. you know, of course the. Or or one Hobbit shekel a piece. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Hobbit Hobbit currency is called the Fro Dollar. <laughs> uh, so yeah, KFC kind of set the tone. So we we're all already in a pretty bad mood after that, and uh, none of us feeling too well intestinally. And uh, so we we went to go bowling. All the lanes booked up for the next three hours. You know, in in 
planning this birthday party, which was very nice of my friend to do for me, he uh, did neglect to actually phone ahead to the <laughs> bowling alley. Did, did you throw around the, but it's my birthday kind of line at all? Uh, by that time, KFC had defeated me enough that I just kind of <laughs> shuffled out, staring at my feet. So then we decided to go play pool, and we went to the absolute worst pool hall in Wellington where they were playing Nickelback on repeat. Wow. Which, uh, it just made our mood worse, and we all played really poorly, possibly because of severe intestinal distress. Oh, and, and the whole night, even though it's the middle of summer, it was bitterly cold and raining, which is fine because it you know matched my mood, what they call in the uh, literature cir- circles, pathetic fallacy. And we all played pool really horribly, probably because of our severe intestinal distress, so we're all running back and forth to the, to the bathroom. <laughs> Chasing the hobbits. Um, yeah, <laughs> If that's what you want to call it. Um, Guys, I got to go chase a couple hobbits. I'll be back. That always gets your spirits up. Come here, little guy. <laughs> so we we all left the pool hall in an even worse mood. Then we went to visit uh, one of my friends who, who works at a hotel slash bar. And she got us a pitcher of beer, which I proceeded to spill on myself. Happy birthday, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. By the end of the night, we were actually laughing hysterically because it was so horrible that it kind of came back around to being fun. Adam, I have a story that may make you feel better. It wasn't as traumatic as a, as a terrible birthday, but I had a terrible experience at Steak Escape at my local mall. <laughs> How could you not? Has anyone ever had a good experience at Steak Escape? Hey, Adam, I'm going to stop you right there. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you know why it's called Steak Escape? Jesse, because you eat it and then it escapes oh, from your body. <laughs> you got to go chase yeah. a hobbit right away. Yeah, you have, yeah you well, have to. You have. You've caught the hobbit bad <laughs> when you eat it. Steak. I'll say this: it is an establishment that I frequent. Okay. Why? It. Why not? I mean, they put fresh meat on a grill and cook it right there, and then you get a whole huge, uh, like, big gulp cup full of French fries that you just douse in vinegar. <laughs> All well, right. What's not to love about that? Hmm. Fresh meat might be a stretch, but they do put meat on the grill. Yeah. Meat goes <laughs> okay. on the surface, but I don't, yeah, the freshness of it. Right. I go to Steak Escape, and this day it, it is mildly crowded there, you know? So I finally get my turn in line, and I order my steak, you know, my, my Philly cheesesteak, and there's a kid and like a woman working there. There's the two employees. And the woman is like, uh, you know, filling up drinks and getting the French, you know, dipping the French fries in the uh, in the fryer. But the kid is working the grill. The kid and the woman, both of them look slightly agitated at each other, like they they're at the end of the shift and they're just like been in that close hot quarters for way too long, you know. So they look really irritated at each other. So anyway, I order my sandwich. The kids put it on the grill, and all of a sudden he looks up and he looks just like this this look of just pure frustration and anger. And storm doesn't say a word, just storms into the back room. Okay. <laughs> In the meantime, my steak is on the grill. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's a little bit weird. And the woman like sees that happen. It's like, oh. And, you know, it's like handed drinks over. She's like, you know, runs over to the grill, finishes preparing my steak, you know, and the kid is gone. So I'm thinking, okay, something's a little weird, but the agitation level has just risen to even, you know, in either greater, even greater degree. I step up to the cash register. She finally finished my stamp, my sandwich, and the kid comes walking back out from the back, you know, 
and walks over to the register near where she's working. <laughs> and uh, she's, she says loud enough for him to hear, like intentionally loud, like, here you go. I apologize for the wait. So, so the kid hears it. And then the kid looks at her and goes, I'm sorry, the steam makes my nose bleed. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, I'm holding a rare steak sandwich oh, in my hand. La, 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 la. Sir, you are in the long, wrong line of work. <laughs> yeah. And why would you say that? I think I, I went through my head like, what's the worst things that <laughs> someone could possibly say that prepared your food? And I think, sorry, the steam makes my nose bleed. It's got to be in the top five. Uh, sorry, I have leprosy and the steam makes parts of my face fall off into the food. <laughs> yeah. Here's your rare Philly cheesesteak. Enjoy. Did I you, haven't gone back yet. But. Did you eat it? Of course. Yo, I was starving. (laughs) (laughs) And if the kid did bleed into it, at least it got cooked. Right. (laughs) Probably killed stuff, whatever was there. I have a question. It's totally unrelated. But on the way in, I grabbed a handful of Jelly Bellies. Why are earth tone Jelly Bellies so disgusting? <laughs> what what's left in front of me is a myriad of whites, tans, and browns, and mm-hmm. they're and I'm terrified of all of them. Okay, the it, I I I've wrestled with that question recently too because a guy <laughs> at work has like this big tub, and I was just going to his office and take some, and it's like mm, strawberry, raspberry, grape, popcorn. <laughs> it distorts the entire flavor of a handful of jelly beans. Well, and now you you bite into a tan one, you don't know if it's peanut butter coffee grinds paste i mean you don't know what you're getting and they're all yeah. browns Th- those are my favorite of the jelly bellies the, the peanut butter the coffee the popcorn i, I like oh. the reject jelly belly <laughs> popcorn's the worst but you throw a white one in there you're thinking you're getting popcorn coconut or, yeah. yeah i mean you don't know what takes with the red with the red it's either cinnamon or raspberry or, or, cherry. or cherry or strawberry all yeah. good White yeah. salt lick. You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> Here's a pepper jelly bean. <laughs> Enjoy. Anyway, that's my story about the steak escape. Yep. <laughs> that's a good one. I was once, when I worked at Einstein Bagels, I was once making a sandwich for someone and cut through my hand as I was cutting the bagel open, like oh. literally sliced through my hand, dropped everything, and ran in the back. I bled all over it. Like finished making the bagel. She finished making the strawberry bagels. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say I was once at Waffle House, uh, which. Basically, the story could stop right there. Right, right. And we're all ready with the gist. You know, anytime you have an open grill. Hey, Adam, can I say this real quick? Waffle House is like the equivalent of like a day in the Shire. That's how bad it is. (laughs) Are you translating? (laughs) (laughs) Cameron and I were in uh, Georgia this past weekend and drove by Waffle House and Cameron told me a story about when the three of you guys were up there at Waffle House. Well, I, I have this picture of Adam on my phone. I don't have that many. You know, and I forget what he looks like. So from time to time, I'll just <laughs> stare at it. And I, is it the one of me shirtless on the bearskin rug? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the one right before that. And uh, you were at the That's Waffle House. At Waffle House, getting the night started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was sitting across from you at Waffle House, and you had just downed whatever it was you were downing. You look like you made the worst decision of your life. The look <laughs> on your face was of sheer agony, and you were just trying to just merely keep your head up. You know. <laughs> 
anytime I've made something that to that moment has been the worst decision of my life, it started with, hey, guys, let's go to Waffle House. Right. It sounds you, you like fun. You literally prepare your body to age a year. <laughs> like Benjamin, it's like, yeah, it's like, a, like, you know, you could be like 14, like on Benjamin Button. All you had to do is eat a bunch of Waffle House. <laughs> At any rate, I, I was in a Waffle House in Georgia, actually. And, uh, you know, it was a little too hot in there. And our waiter was... How can you it tell? It always is. Yeah, I say, it's always wet. Yeah, because they have an open grill. But he was visibly and profusely sweating oh. to the point that beads of sweat were dropping oh, no. onto our table. Oh, no. Make it stop. Yeah, you know what the worst thing... You know why it's always wet in Waffle House? It's because they have this one little slop bucket and this yes. old rag, and they wipe down everything. Every table, every utensil, every glass, every inch of the floor is wiped down with one nasty slop bucket rag. And the sweaty guy uses it to towel off. <laughs> and Georgia is really proud of having so many Waffle Houses. They really are. There's like four at each exit. Yeah. It's insane. <sighs> like somebody from Atlanta will brag to you how they have, you know, so many Waffle Houses. It's like that is nothing. That is a statement on your society. That is nothing <laughs> to be proud of. Yeah, it's like, look how many, you know, look how many slums we have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Come visit our city. It's full of sinkholes. awesome all right we have uh entertainment releases coming out this week uh music oh first i i guess first i should uh say what's coming up on the podcast this oh yeah this episode of the podcast we have two great segments for you we have a live in-studio performance by the band reign of kendo that's coming up and then we have oh i don't know just a little interview i don't know with like <laughs> just some just a rapper, hip hop pioneer, Q Tip is on the uh, episode today. Yeah. We hang out. So uh, stay tuned for Reign of Kendo and Q Tip. Look at that diversity. Um, <laughs> entertainment release is coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, March 3rd. We've got Nico Case with my, uh, Middle Cyclone. Hey, maybe we should just talk to Nico Case next week. Okay. I don't know. Soundtrack, soundtrack of Our Lives with Communion. And you too, with no line on the horizon. Is Have that, you guys heard it yet? Is that a brand new one from yeah, them? It's killer. Oh, cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not even fair to ask me because I I really dislike you too. Oh. oh, okay. Well, thanks a lot, Adam. I dislike you too. <laughs> there's no. There's no way to say something bad about you too without. Thank you. I appreciate that. Exactly. Without someone being able to twist it, and make it personal, <laughs> because like they gave their life to God to because of a U two song or something, and is or do you mean just because of the name? Just because of the name. Oh, okay. I hate U two. <laughs> well, well, also because of the whole you know messianic thing and all, and, and Bono's amazing. Like he's done some amazing stuff and. I, I can't fault the guy. I just don't particularly care for their music. You're just a snob. Um, okay. Music. <laughs> That's your mu- music releases. Movies coming out on Friday. We got two main ones. All About Steve starring Sandra Bullock. That looks really cute. Is she playing Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a wonder she's a stalker, but a cute stalker. I thought it was the one where she and her co-worker have to yeah, pretend like, like Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's right? later. That's later. Oh, sorry. She's that's got a summer. lot. She's got a busy 2009. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's good. 
I don't. I don't think she's had a busy year for a while. <laughs> no, since Miss Congeniality two. Yeah, I was gonna say this year is a culmination of the last eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, last but not least, we got Watchmen coming out. Oh man! Are you gonna get that one right, right away? Adam? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it opens okay. here. I'll actually get it a day before you guys, because it'll open on Friday here, which will still be Thursday for you. Ah. You, uh, you, should, write, other... you should write a review for us, then. I very good. Oh, good. Yeah, you should. The other day, I, I was walking by Chad's desk at the end of the day, and he's in there reading a comic book, and I kind of made fun of the nerd thing he was doing, and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm reading, I'm reading Watchmen. I'm getting ready for the film. No, what did you say? What did you say? It's a graphic novel? It's or... a graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, it's a graphic novel. He's very defensive. <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever, nerd. You're reading a comic book to get ready for a movie about comic books. Whatever, nerd. I would like to point out that The Watchmen was on Time's 100 best books of the last 50 years or something. Not not comic books, mind you. Books. books. 100 best books. I'm still going to see it. Yeah, I'd, we'll see it. Yeah, sure. I'm, st- I'm still going to see it, but I really feel like, uh, you know... I I'm, I can't help but make fun of people who are really excited about it. It's just <laughs> people dress up so. with the little sock over their face and they draw the Watchmen face on it. Yeah, Jesse, it's in your nature to make fun of people who like anything that's not starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> Adam, once again, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> All right, well that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, slices. You're listening to Kanye West. The song is Welcome to Heartbreak. The video is playing right now over at the all-new Relevant.tv at RelevantMagazine.com. At the that, beginning of- that song is actually about my birthday night. <laughs> and going it's to the Waffle House. It's about a lonely House. night at the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Go Team with Milk Crisis. It's also playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Milk crisis. You never want one of those. No. Waffle House has those on average three, four times a week. Because that's what their dishwater looks like. Milk. Um, Okay. Now with slices. Who's up first? I'll go first today. Jesse's up. Take it away. I I have two stories, but they're really short each, so they combined for one awesome story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They're united by location. They both happen in England, my favorite place to make fun of. (laughs) 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 Well, the first one is there was hotel workers at at a British, big British hotel, and they received a tip for $25 billion. Okay. All right. And they're they're thinking, oh man, what are we going to do with all this money? How are we going to split it up among the gang? And then uh, once they had their hopes up very very high, they realized it was Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> um, 
which unfortunately Zimbabwe has uh, 231 million percent inflation, which means uh, that's a couple cents of a tip. So, wow. so Adam, you thought you had a bad birthday. These these people uh, thought they had 25 billion. How how did they end up splitting it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have spl- they end up splitting up uh, a couple cents, which is you know the equivalent of you know less than a hobbit shekel. So not a good day for them. The next the story shekels com- trading high right now. <laughs> <laughs> the next story I'm going to read the headline. This is from the BBC, a fine news outlet. Says, we, we know what it is. A skating seventy year seventy one year old found guilty. Uh, there was a 71-year-old man in the UK who was found two counts guilty of reckless skating. Skating. Wow. Skating. And so, luckily, there's a video to accompany this story, which <laughs> I watched several times. <laughs> and because, you know, to be charged with uh, with two counts of reckless skating, it's really got to be something. And so, I didn't know if it was ice skating or what, but immediately I see that he's on rollerblades. Okay. Oh, nice. Because they have like surveillance cameras, and I'm thinking, you know, it's he, the guy's 71. He, by reckless, they mean like <laughs> arms and legs like flailing around through a crowd. That's what I'm picturing, you know? Right. Like, whoa, where's the brakes? You know? That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> and the guy is ripping. I mean, he is shredding in the in this little like pedestrian park. Uh huh. And so, I mean, he's weaving in and out. You cannot tell that it's – obviously, he looks like a 71-year-old man, but he moves with with the ability and agility of, of I'd say, a preteen. <laughs> that so. reminds me of, uh, of a joke, one of my favorite jokes of all time. A former, a former staffer uh, came up with this joke. Do you know what the hardest part about rollerblading is for a guy? No, what? Telling your dad you're gay. <laughs> Uh, that never gets old. Never. never. It will now, now that it's been publicly broadcast, it will finally <laughs> go beyond this office and maybe somebody will share that. Well, well, here's, uh, here's the thing that kind of gives me pause is almost every time I have started that joke to, uh, to anyone anywhere in the world, they finished it for me. Oh, so, wow. So maybe our staffer is a liar. That very well could be, or well, it's just really made the rounds. Oh, it's made the rounds. It's made the rounds, yeah. It's, it's kind of like Richard Lewis saying he invented the phrase, the blank from hell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would like to say that when Cameron and I got married, I did throw a pair of rollerblades out that were his. <laughs> <laughs> it was the mid-90s, guys. I was say, in Cameron's defense, we all had them. Oh, come on. I was in college. I had them, but I'm a girl. So I was in college. You, you went down to the river. and yeah. This can, this can be immediately <laughs> redeemed if you use them to play hockey. Uh, Just say you use them to play uh, hockey. I, I had... Yeah. I was I was wooing girls <laughs> down at the park. Oh. And, and I was a seventy-one-year-old man. <laughs> Cameron, please tell me that your signature move was skating backwards, like an Because <laughs> then you could like hold their hands and keep them steady, and you know, yeah. weave in, you look them yeah. in the eye. I really like to imagine that you were doing this in some kind of like bicycle shorts, <laughs> no shirt, and holding a, a boombox up to your ear. <laughs> I, you know, it all ended for me. Seriously. Uh, we were down there and I don't know, we hit a big hill and I went down a hill and Who's I mean, we, did you go with guys or something? 
No, it's <laughs> girlfriend. His girlfriend. Okay. And okay. Uh, we hit this huge hill, and I mean, just I'm I'm straight. You know, you you hit a, a big hill, and you got to treat it like like a slope with skis. You got to go back and forth. You got to weave. You got to mogul it. And uh, <laughs> I went straight down. I crouched and went for it. You know, and I got so out of control. You know, you know when your ankles are like, you know, like, and then all of a sudden, whoo, shoots out from under you. And I ate that. I had so much road rash. I I, I was probably going. 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour down this hill and just, you know, was wearing shorts and I was shirtless. So was, was your girlfriend okay? She wasn't going. She was doing the slow and steady, oh. you know, and I was like kind of showing off. Didn't work. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, I broke the boom, boom box. <laughs> the one perk is that she had to rub uh, lotion all over me after that <laughs> because of the because of the road rash. Those, you, know, you know, one of the funniest <laughs> sounds in the world is is <laughs> that sound of like the feet. Like when, when someone loses their balance on rollerblades, suddenly it sounds like they're just stomping the ground as fast as they can. <laughs> like you just hear rollerblades go, pop, 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 you know, and then they fall. Like, like they're, they're trying to catch their balance, but they're only making the fall way, way worse. <laughs> That's got to be one of the funniest sounds. Uh, I, I was going so fast i was trying to veer to the side of the road so i could just crash into grass but my as i was trying to veer to the right is when the left leg shot out from under me and i <laughs> I, I bit it rolled and slid down the hill the asphalt hill that's funny it was terrible and i never i never rollerbladed again i was done in 1997 <laughs> you threw the rollerblades into the river no i threw them no. into a box that my wife found later apparently <laughs> I couldn't let go of the memory. I don't know. Or maybe just, I thought I'd just get back in case, into it. One. Yeah. It's going to come back in style one day. <laughs> It'll be socially acceptable yet again. All the hipster ride those little skinny bikes are going to start rollerblading everywhere soon. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. It just takes one hipster to do it ironically. Right, you know, yeah. Before. Uh, and eventually it'll become legitimately cool to do again. <laughs> there is a guy that I've seen downtown. He's probably in his forties and he, there's a, like a big parking lot and on like Saturdays and Sundays, he is just like headphones on rollerblades on and he is just swirling and twirling and he is just jamming. Like he's, he's the he only is, one anywhere near yeah. him. It's you like, know what I mean? you just don't make fun of that guy. No, no, he, he's in his own world. Yeah. He is so he's happy. He's so cool that other people don't even know how cool he is. Right, it's yeah. It's like he's reached a zen level of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next slice. All right. So this one went down in Mumbai, India. During a uh, cricket game in India, a, uh, a helicopter mistook a big H painted on the field for a helicopter <laughs> landing pad <laughs> and landed in the midst of the game. Now, there's... Evidently a fire near the stadium that also kind of added some confusion, and he interpreted it for smoke signals, which <laughs> I don't he, he thought he was landing on a Native a, American that, reservation. That's or, the primary form of communication in India. Did, did, did he think he flew back in time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, it halted play for almost half an hour, and uh, I'm guessing that the crowd knew something was up when uh, you know something was out of the ordinary, when something interesting happened during a cricket game. Well, I'm confused at what took a half an hour. It's like, oh, wrong spot. See you later. You know? yeah. You're talking about a game that sometimes lasts several days, so pretty much everything takes forever. Did he land on any of the cricket players? If he had, no one would have known. <laughs> yeah, I think that's not the sort of thing that sneaks up on you. You're right. not standing in the middle of the field and, oh, a helicopter you just crushed me. You might see it me. come down. Yeah, you uh, kind of can see it coming. 
I would I would hope. Well, they're the ones sending out the smoke signals. So, <laughs> smoke signals, I think, is the best part of that story. <laughs> it just shows that if you know if there are helicopters anywhere near your cricket stadium, don't paint a big H on the field, <laughs> and definitely don't do smoke signals. I like to think of the pilot as like having no idea like what smoke signals mean. (laughs) Just he just knows that there are such thing as smoke signals. So his first thought was when he saw you know smoke billowing out of the ground is I bet those are smoke signals symbols telling me to land. (laughs) I see the H. I'm going. Yeah, these are those smoke signals I've been hearing so much about. <laughs> I better find the, the the fastest place to land. Oh, luckily there's a huge H. Yeah, it's, it's also here. good you know, not to name your cricket team the Mumbai Helicopters. Please land here. <laughs> well, I um, am keeping with our normal theme of animals and reptiles and stuff. So my slice it is pans. about and pants is about uh, crocodiles and it actually takes place just down in South Florida here. And apparently to me, this seems like animal cruelty, but in order to keep the crocodiles from continuing to come back to the neighborhoods and the lakes and stuff where they can harm people, the um, scientists are doing a, a, a study on them where they are for a couple days, they are taping magnets with duct tape to the heads of the alligators because apparently this will just... Alligators dis- or crocodiles? Sorry, crocodiles. Okay. Because this apparently will, will like disorient them and they won't go back. Isn't that weird? You know, I, no. I guess I have a hard <laughs> Wait, time I'm seeing the, almost yeah. anything you could do to a crocodile as being cruel to the crocodile. That's true. I don't really like crocodiles, but... Wait, so I'm, I'm trying to picture this. Like, it's like in the old-timey cartoons when somebody had a sore tooth, they would like put <laughs> right. a bag of ice the picture, on their head yeah, and wrap. It's like this big magnet with black duct tape around the head because apparently um, when crocodiles are relocated, they will travel an average of 10 miles a week to return where they are captured which really? is just freaky. Yeah. So apparently in order to... That's like a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is a Disney movie where the dogs come home. <laughs> That's but, endearing. So, um, little crocodile singing somewhere out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that the other day. Yeah, we did. We watched American I want to know who's affixing these magnets to the crocodile's know. head. The biologist, it says. Yeah, that's in their job description. It's posted on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Evidently, biologists are now like the the most BA profession you can possibly <laughs> get into. It, I, I want to know how they figured out that magnets would have that effect. Like, was there just scientists experimenting, taping random things to an alligator's head? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Radio didn't work. Walkie talkie didn't work. You know? Yeah. I have orange, to think no. alcohol was involved in those experiments. <laughs> well, it is a really creative way of keeping the alligator or crocodiles away. I mean, somebody didn't come up with this for our monkey Island. Yeah. You know, maybe that would have worked for the it monkey Island if they would have disoriented them magnets onto the monkeys on the island they would have stayed yeah i think monkeys are smart enough to remove the uh uh the but, magnet but they're hairy so the tape would get stuck and it would be that's painful. true and they probably just wouldn't just give want up. to yeah you know, like it's too much trouble yeah okay i guess that'll do it for slices you know what? I'm going to call an audible here. There's been so many story times. I'm going to postpone the Q-tip interview till next week. Uh, yeah, here's why. Really? It's March 2nd. Oh, yeah. The new issue, our sixth anniversary issue of Relevant, debuted yesterday in newsstands nationwide. Q-tip is on one of the covers. Mickey Rourke is on the other. Two covers. So we were going to give you a look inside the issue and tell you some of the stuff about it next week. Um, okay. And so I was thinking we run Q-Tip and we do the new issue preview next week. We're going to go ahead and do Reign of Kendo now. 
And uh, so after the break, we'll have Rain and Kendo. I don't need no ghosts by me. If you want it, come and try me. We can do this broad day in the middle of the lobby. They say that they the shit. When they barely just a potty. When they problems turn to probably. And they probably turn to sorry. Tell them. Move if you want it, if you want it, if you want to move. Move if you want it, if you want it, if you want to move. Move if you want it, if you want it, if you want to move. Move if you want it, move, move if you want to move. You're listening to Mims. The song is Move. I really like this song. It's a great video. It's a uh, hip hop. Really cool. Playing now at relevant.tv. Recently, the group Reign of Kendo stopped by the office to perform for us. They have an album out now called Rhythm Chord Melody. You can actually hear the entire thing streaming at the drop at the all new relevant magazine.com. You can check them out online as well at thereignofkindo.com. It's K-I-N-D-O. Here is Reign of Kindo. I saw two clouds this morning Tingled by the rising sun And in the dawn they floated on Mingled into one Well I thought that morning cloud was blessed How it moves so sweetly to the west He bids me leave this dreary Although I have to go, and I know it won't be so But float on in joy, I'd like to meet A calmer sea, where storms shall cease The love for all that soul I need A purer sky, where all this peace I saw two summer currents flowing smoothly to their meeting and join their course with silent force and peace each other's greeting I float on in joy I'd like to meet a calmer soon the storm shall cease but all for all that's all
Breathe again. 
You've been listening to Reign of Kendo. Again, their album is Rhythm Chord Melody. You can listen to the whole thing at The Drop, streaming at relevantmagazine.com, or you can check them out at their website, thereignofkendo.com. You're listening to Mates of State. The song is Get Better, and it's playing right now over at Relevant.TV. Man, that's the lineup this week. We got Mims, we got Kanye West, we got Peter Bjorn and John with nothing to worry about. We got Mates of State and the Go Team. It's a great lineup this week. Yeah, that's a really great lineup. Last week, Jesse uh, said that the best band name in history of all band names is... Monkey Sheepdog. Monkey Sheepdog with their debut album, Chihuahua. If that makes no sense to you... You are a sane person, and you need to go back and listen to last week's podcast. So we have a few that we asked you guys to write in what you thought an epic band name would be, and we have a few here. Let's see. Robert Cervantes. Cervantes. Mm. Says, Isn't he the guy who wrote Don Quixote? <laughs> I, think <so. laughs> I think this is Inigo Montoya. Um, uh, the Frosted Mini Wheats, he said. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Tim Bush wrote in. Uh, he said uh, Funky Moses and the Red Sea Pedestrians. No. Too Jesus-y. Wow, that actually that it's not. So oh. sounds like a, a CCM band from back in the Larry Norman days. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that one. I think is a real band. <laughs> yeah, they're working that around is the same his, time his as band. White Cross and Petra. Jordan Lawn wrote in. He said uh, he wants to start a band, call it and call it Unknown Artist. And then the first album would be Unknown Album, and then the track list would be track one, track two, track three. <laughs> And then we stuck in your computer and say, unknown artist, unknown album, track one, et cetera. <laughs> like it does. Yep. Nice. Uh, the CD would just be like a blank, like burnable CD. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. The album art would be that, that little uh, black square with the music note in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Let's see. So Allison Hammerell, Hammerell wrote in. She said, she likes cloth. Originally from Teen Girl Squad issue 12. Their debut album set to release early fall 2028 will be called That's a Good Band Name. The track <laughs> listing, uh, She Likes Cloth is an emo punk band hailing from southern New Jersey. Members include John Johnson, Matt Matthews, Mark Markley, Lance Lindbrook, and <laughs> Jeff. Uh, though they have guest members every now and then. Uh, here's the track listing. That's a good band name. That's also a good band name. <laughs> What's her face? Bonus track next of Fruit Cup and bonus track Technological Romance. Um, That'll do, pig. That'll do. (laughs) Uh, Chris Lee wrote in about Jesse the Contortionist. And uh, he said it was a crazy coincidence that Kristen Diesel and I both talked about Jesse's contorting abilities. I guess we both just saw separate shows of his. <laughs> I, I know I was at a bar mitzvah in my hometown in Tennessee, which at which he performed. 
There are only so many bar mitzvahs in Tennessee. Therefore, I assume my Jewish friend's family wanted to do it upright. That's why Jesse was hired. I was about to say, I was about to say his story falls apart when he talks about going to a bar mitzvah in Tennessee. <laughs> and Chris says, um, his band name is Wooden, G- Wooden Cheese. Wooden Cheese is okay. a band of siblings. They're the children of a carpenter. They hail from Wisconsin. And naming their first album, they focus on the difficulties that their band name brings. And so their debut album was simply titled Ouch. Uh, the album had an EP that was released as a teaser four months earlier, which was called It's a Gouda Moldy. EP. It's a Gouda uh, EP. It's a Gouda. All right. Well, that'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more that came in, but this is going nowhere fast. So <laughs> now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So, so in the break, what what you don't know? Here's a little behind the scenes of this m- magic that we create. Is is uh, when you're listening to the jingle editorial question of the week, we have actually paused the recording. And and so we had a furious debate just now about what this week's editorial question of the week <laughs> would be. And uh, half of us wanted to, to talk about terrible rollerblading mishaps. And half of us wanted to talk about terrible restaurant mishaps or experiences, I guess. It doesn't have to be mishaps, just an experience. Bleeding into food or just eating at a Waffle House, you know, that sort <laughs> right, of thing. Right, right. And so the, the restaurant people won, but we decided that this week's editorial question of the week is, has two bonuses. One, we want to hear your story of your restaurant mishap or terrible restaurant experience. Something that happened out of the ordinary that yeah. just ruined your B- meal for bigger you. Bigger than having a hair in your salad or something right. like that. Bonus number one, if it's your birthday. Yes. Bonus number two, if you were wearing rollerblades. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if Tell you, about the trifecta. Yeah. If you can nail the trifecta that you were rollerblading on your birthday and then had a bad we'll, restaurant experience. We will let you throw out a birthday party and he will come. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And maybe next year. However, my, expen- my travel expenses <laughs> must be paid by you. Right, right, right. It'll cost you about three grand, but he will be there. <laughs> And yeah, we, we don't we don't accept Zimbabwe dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not three that's not three grand Zimbabwe. <laughs> um, okay, so write in to feedback at relevantmagazine.com and and see if you can hit the trifecta. Even if you can't, just write in and answer the original question. Yeah, and we'll read your uh, the best answers next week. And you know what? This is prime material. So the best reply that we get bef- early in the week. No, mm-hmm. we got to tell you that early in the week is key here because we record earlier in the week. Now we will call you so you can tell your story on the podcast oh, that'd be because nice. that, that needs to be read by you or right. told by you. So uh, if you want us to call you or consider calling you, include your phone number in your email to feedback at relevantmagazine.com and answer the phone, <laughs> answer the yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I guess on that note, that'll do it. Many thanks to Rain of Kendo for coming in. Uh, again, their album is Rhythm Chord Melody. You can hear it uh, streaming at the drop at relevantmags.com or you can check them out at their website, the Rain of Kendo. K-I-N-D-O dot com. Make sure to tune in next week for a look at our sixth anniversary issue of the magazine with our double cover, our Mickey Rourke story, our Q-tip story. And we will interview Q-tip. We will play the Q-tip interview here on the podcast next Q-tip week. Q-tip was supposed to be live, but we decided to bump him this week, so he yep. just left. Our apologies to Q-tip. <laughs> He'll be back next week. We'll get you on next week. We ran week. out of time. Yeah. So right now, he's, he's like peeking in the window right now. <laughs> and you're like, get out. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Mike. Maya String. I'm Adam Smith. And I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Put